Welcome to the Crossroads Psychology video podcast. I'm Vojko Michnia, signing in from Beijing. In this episode, we will talk about karate and self-defense. I'm joined today by Jürgen Mayer. Jürgen Mayer is a 7-dan Shotokan karate instructor from Germany, who has been practicing martial arts since 1978. That is the year I was born. From 1983 onwards, he's been running his own karate clubs and by now he's trained three generations of students. He's had a successful competitive career, both nationally and internationally, in both kata and kumite. He is also a coach, a weapon specialist and a speaker who promotes karate to the world. Thank you, Jürgen, for agreeing to be on my podcast. Dear Minia, it's a great pleasure to meet you. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. I think uh, 20 years ago it would be very complicated and at least very expensive to do it. I'm really grateful to talk to you to China on the other side of right. the world. And, and in different time zones, when we say it's great to finally meet, it is actually because we've never met before. We have just interacted yes. online through through YouTube, through messages. And I actually found you through Sebastian's channel, Tai Chi International. You had a podcast with him and then I found your channel and I started watching some of your videos and I was like, wow, there is so much, so much information here. I have to say, I really uh, felt in love with Sebastian. Sebastian is such a beautiful uh, human being, uh, especially in this tough martial arts world. He is so kind, he is well educated, he has values, everything I, I appreciate in a human being. Yeah. So you have been a martial arts practitioner all my life and I'm 43 <laughs> years old. Let's establish some context. So how did you start and how has karate shaped you as a person, both physically, obviously, but also mentally? <laughs> I'm living in Germany. Uh, soccer is uh, by far the biggest sport here in Germany. So I started in my youth uh, playing soccer. There was no uh, other uh, possibilities. So I started with soccer. Uh, in the beginning I had no uh, car. My motorbike was broken so I had to walk four or five kilometers three times a week. After after a few weeks, uh, somebody catched me up and I didn't have to walk anymore. I was so fascinated from martial arts, from the movement, not so on the self-defense side, only this fascinating new cultural world. And on the other hand, I have to say, I was a little bit disappointing from football. When I was 14, we got a new uh, trainer, and this was a tough guy. He was playing in the second division. And uh, yeah, it was all about endurance, running on a fast pace. I was a defender. My job was to kick down this other guy 90 minutes. And at this time, I was milk and honey. I was a very shy boy. Uh, this was not. I was dreaming of, I was dreaming of martial arts. So how have martial arts shaped you mentally? Obviously, physically, 
you became very strong because I know from your website and from your videos that you focus on Kumite a lot. And that means very good endurance and body strength. But how about mentally? How has karate shaped you from a mental point of view? As you mentioned, it's a very natural way. It's in the beginning physical. Uh, You get stronger, you get more endurance, you get more flexibility. Your motor skills uh, slowly uh, develop. And with this comes uh, failure. And also, if you stay on the road, you get more uh, confident. And I think this is, you get stronger, your body gets stronger. And at the same time, you are more self-reliant. You get more resilience uh, uh, against um, the environment about stress. It's amazing what you said. You said failure, self-confidence, resilience. This, these are like skills we would want to instill in, let's say, the new generation or any generation from through any other means, not necessarily martial arts or karate. And I find it beautifully said that at a point when we start, we have to accept the fact that there's going to be failure before we can have great success, especially in combat sports, because there's always going to be someone better than you. Exactly. Somebody draws and shoots faster than you at a certain point. So why Karate Shotokan? I also practiced Karate Shotokan when I was young and um, I found it quite rigid, to be honest. Obviously, I was also very, very young. Uh, I think middle school, early early high school. So why Karate Shotokan? What, the reason why I, I practiced and I started <coughs> with Karate Shotokan It's because it was the nearest club to my home. So it was, you know, an opportunity. And I joined and that's actually how my martial arts passion started with Karate Shotokan. Although, let's say I didn't stay in Shotokan. So where did it start for you? Why Shotokan? Yes, it was exactly the same uh, in my life. This was the nearest dojo. It was an authentic, traditional Japanese family style. It still exists. Uh, the name is Doshinkan. Uh, there are worldwide uh, spread it. And um, the only thing was, it was a little bit like a cult. So they are separated. They are, don't go to uh, tournaments. It was all related to one big master, Hanshi. Uh, I'm proud to to train with him in these old times. Isao Ishikawa was his name. He passed away a long time ago. Uh, But I miss this comedy uh, when when adults, uh, young, young adults want to compete, want to fight, especially in the martial arts. And I miss this. And after, I think, one and a half years, I changed the club. And that club was, I say, Shotokan related. It was the old times. It was Wild West. We live now in a, in a time where all information is available. You yes. can go vir- virtually in the dosho in Okinawa and visit the old masters. In this time, when I started, 
there was even not a book. There was no information available. And so it was the Wild West times, I call it. Yes, I totally understand what you're saying because it was exactly the same when I started practicing serious martial arts and I was into Aikido and there was nothing about Aikido. We, we actually found one book in English which we translated and we circulated and it was like, yeah, the Wild West of martial arts at that time. But it was passionate. You were looking for information. Uh, you were training by yourself. I was so dedicated. They offered only three times a week training and I don't miss even one training. I was so hooked. Uh, I told you I started um, in this first club and I stayed one and a half year there. I I knew 12 cutter, 12 forms as a wow. white belt. And this was this absolute passion about this new sport. Nowadays, um, if you teach children, you need maybe one year that they get the first cutter. Maybe you know it, Hayan uh, Shodan. Yes, yes. And uh, when the adults are brown belts or black belts, they know maybe their student cutter and the cutter that is necessary to getting the next done graduation or mm. anything like that. These were different times. Right. So now that we have some background, I want to be very practical in our discussion. There are so many topics we can discuss, but in this video podcast, I want us to focus specifically on how karate training and how skills in karate can be applied in real life. Because my mission here at Crossroads Psychology is to find ways I can implement or my audience the world can implement theory and theoretical concepts into practice and also into real life practice. So since you mentioned kata, for starters, can we make a distinction of how kata and kumite are seen in the dojo? Yes, uh, these are the two sides of the coin. Um, I think <laughs> I'm a traditionalist, both is necessary. Uh, a concrete uh, uh, example for this. When I started, only with comedy, only with athletics uh, for young talents for fighting, uh, you immediately recognized after half a year or one year serious injuries. Yes. So the foundation, the, the lower body was not prepared for this extreme fighting, for this, you know what I mean. Yeah, there's a lot of punishment uh, that goes into into kumite, into sparring. And when they uh, also learn kata they, and kihon, the pull out of the kata is kihon, as the basic movements and basic combinations, they get a strong foundation, strong hips, better motor skills, uh, orientation in the space. So uh, I'm a strong believer in starting kata, kihon, preparing also for kumite. It's a more difficult, more difficult question uh, for a mental um, consideration about this issue. I find kumite very mindset building. If you have an adver adversary and uh, he is going at you, 
this is um, more mind-building than uh, if you only do Qatar for yourself. But Qatar is very important. Right, so let's stick first with Qatar. Let's look at Qatar more specifically. I see practicing Qatar, the sequence of forms and positions, as both a mental and a physical exercise. And also a memory exercise too. So I know that some martial artists focus more on kata because maybe they just don't want to get involved in the kumite. Because as you were saying, it can be really brutal, especially at high level practice and high level competitions. So what are the benefits outside of the dojo of practicing forms of kata? I always was on the realistic side of martial arts. It's hard work. Uh, as we uh, talked before, it's a physical education for most. And if you get over these obstacles, you get maybe a better, stronger person. The whole system is very good for building up good persons, strong persons. But Qatar alone, maybe there's a lack of real confrontation, of real pressure to, to build a diamond. A diamond mm. yes. Right, but I do see Qatar as a training in patience, a training in precision. In my later years, also I, I had a trainer license from university in, in Frankfurt. I am very proud of this. But in my later years, I, I also made a license for movement and posture, also prevention, Sturzprophylaxe, mm. also mm. Uh, prevent from falling down for older people and like this. Oh, I see. So here the kata has some benefits. I uh, see. Go left, go right, cross the feet. Mm. Where are your hips? Where is your balance? And then kumite or training with an adversary or sparring is maybe what most young people think of when yes. they when we say karate and we have you yes. know the uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies yes. which portray karate in a very grandiose way but while in dojo or in a tournament kumite is, has limited rules right so do you think that kumite training can be transferred can be a practical self-defense training in real life uh, despite other self-proclaimed karate masters, I really believe uh, on the benefits of karate and self-defense. Uh, karate is actually really, really good, especially against uh, dangerous attacks. If you face an uh, experienced brawler, karate is very good. If you face uh, a young, talented kicker who is angry at you, karate is very good. If you have a grappler, you have um, something in your toolbox against grappling, you have joint locks, you have throws. If you face even three attackers with weapons, karate is very good. Uh, the, the downside of karate is it is not so structured for self-defense. Uh, the kata teaches many solutions against self-defense situations, but not structured. Mm. So if you go direct in the self-defense system, especially graph marker, it's very popular now. You start with uh, not so dangerous attacks, somebody grabs you in the closest, 
and going up to very dangerous. This is very structural. This is very good for learning. But in the end, you develop uh, a tough body, explosive techniques. Also in a real situation, I think karate is at the best. Normally, I said it to Sebastian, I say when somebody asks me what is better, karate, aikido, boxing or anything like that, I always said my the only is the better man is better. Right. The better trade, the mentally stronger yes. person is better. So uh, it's, it depends not on the system. But uh, karate as a system is really very good if you train it in a old-fashioned way. If you build your fists to real weapons, if you use techniques who are not allowed in other sports. I'm a karate master. I say self-defense karate is very, very good. Right. And I think the conditioning aspect in karate is also very fascinating. Uh, Two years ago, before the (coughs) pandemic, I was in Okinawa. And I went to a few museums and obviously I went to the Karate Federation and checked out some of their uh, resources. And they had a museum where you could pick up the jars to walk around or to walk in the... It's a prefectural museum. Yes. And outside outside the building, you see some holes from the shots from the Second World War. Correct, correct. I I think we went to the same place. And... Trying to pick up those jars and do a few steps, you realize that it will strengthen your, your, your fingers and your wrist and your forearms like incredibly. And for a while, I returned to Beijing and I was carrying water bottles in my, uh, in my wrists to, to help me with my pull Right. To, to help me with my pull up game. So let's look at self defense in general, maybe karate in particular from a few aspects. I'm thinking of mindset because you mentioned mindset. I'm thinking of training because I've seen some of your videos on YouTube and they are fascinating how now in time of COVID you train your students in the forest, which is like going so traditionally back in time. And also Maybe we talk about the awareness, situational awareness, once you have some some karate skills or self-defense skills. Now you have taken me at my inner core. Uh, I tell you my foundation. I'm a strong believer of the four pillars of sport. Four pillars. Did you ever heard it? Do you heard it? I, I'm not sure what you mean, but please tell me. The first pillar is the body and the conditioning of the body. Uh, so you, you have a certain height, you have a certain weight, you have a certain age. Um, you build up your strength, your speed, your endurance, your flexibility. This is the first part, the first pillar. The second part are your motor skills. This is the technical side. How is your punch? How is your kick? How is your backstroke if you are a swimmer? Uh, the third one is, the third pillar is tactical. And this is the weakest side in my experience in the karate world. Uh, and tactics are more important than technique or uh, physics. So what are your tactical knowledge? What do you know about countering? attacking at an angle, a short attack, a long attack, uh, you name it. 
it's not the technical side, it's a tactical knowledge and then the ability, the skills to apply it in a real situation with different techniques. A counter with a bunch, with a front hand, with a backhand. A counter with a mawashi gary, with a dolly ochaki, with a roundhouse kick. And the fourth pillow, maybe also the important thing, is mindset, is psychology. Your special field has your willpower, has your resilience. How is this motivation not to begin a fight? This motivation to go on after two, three, four, five, six fights. Uh, what is the social environment? Uh, get he um, support from his uh, parents or brothers and sisters? It's a big field. And so often I, I had talents, uh, very good movement in Qatar, not only comedy in Qatar. And then was this tournament day and everything was over. Hmm. She was crying in the corner of the hall, couldn't move, couldn't move, was paralyzed. Right. So I do believe that martial arts in general, <laughs> the practice of sports creates a whole being if someone is dedicated. How can karate help the practitioner develop a winning mindset? Or a fighter's mindset. You just mentioned how you can crash under pressure when the day of the competition comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just crash. And here I'm not referring to like becoming or being a bully, but rather to mental toughness yeah. for, for your own sake, not to go and beat up someone. How can we build a winning mindset, a fighter's mindset? Uh, for me, it's very easy. Uh, you can call me your old style uh, karate trainer. It's like a soldier. You have to prepare him for a battleground where he can lose his, uh, his life, where he has to take lives. So it must be hard. You cannot um, be a tough fighter if you only watch TV the whole day. So the training must be tough. Uh, it's blood sweat and tears, literally blood, sweat and tears. And many, many people uh, in our society and the Western civilization drop out. So uh, not only training two times a week, because your opponent is training uh, six times a week, be hard to yourself, be hard to your partners, in compliance with values, of course, I don't want a, a stupid, brutal brawler. I want a very clever, intelligent, with values uh, um, human being. And that's a way for uh, a strong character, for self-confidence. I, I, I wanted to show you my, my chart. Please, show me. Here you have it again, mm -hmm. four pillars. I see, I see. It's a bit blurry, but yes, I see it. Of course, it's a German. On the psychological side, you have mental strength, mental stability. What, what a term, mental stability. Mm. So many people struggle with life, have problems with mental stability, have depression, take pills the short way to manage depression. You need willpower, 
self-confidence, motivation. You must be in the right mood. You must have the right mood for fighting. Uh, you have to take risks. In fighting, you have to take risks. You need courage. Of course, fighting, you need courage. And uh, this is also important also for real life. You must have the ability to take hits. When somebody hits you, you cannot quit. If you fall down, okay, it's okay. But you have to stay up again. This old quote, stay up again and continue. Mm. This is a, a winner mentality. If you watch um, personalities uh, who are very successful, you only see the glamorous side, the success side. If you check the life story of Steve Jobs, the Apple founder, you will find uh, 10 years where he is almost laying on the floor and comes back. So uh, it's stand up in life. Life is not perfect. Life is not a kindergarten. Right. So you mentioned here hard work, passion, and a willingness to to stand up and do it again and again, although it hurts, right? And you cannot create a winning mindset, especially in fighting sports and in, in martial arts, if you do not accept the fact that there will be some pain. And, and you're right. I, I do think that these days, maybe the younger generations are a bit afraid of the pain aspect and they want faster gratification when it comes to sports and to winning medals. And yes. I do understand what you meant by the Wild West and the old school of karate because I had a very similar experience. So I want you to give me some practical tips, like some examples. What does karate training entail? What does it mean to train in karate? Give me some examples, both technical and physical. Be passionate, be dedicated, um, go over obstacles, accept the environment as it is. We're living in difficult times, especially now. This is coronavirus. Uh, times, financially difficult times, uh, socially difficult times. You must have uh, a mindset, a system where you can rely on. And this must be in yourself. Mm. All people are looking outside. Help me. What is this? What is this? No, you have to find it in yourself. And martial arts is helping in this way. You get a strong character. You learned about the years, you can go over obstacles. If you have problems, this is not your really inner self. Your really inner self is good, has values. If the person has values. Of course, of course. <laughs> and uh, you have to rely on yourself. It's a, it's a cruel world outside there. If you have one friend in your life, Maybe Minea, we have a close relationship the next years. You are very lucky. You don't have 10 friends or 100 friends. It's, it, it is actually, I will send you a video where I say exactly the same thing. <laughs> I would rather have one friend who is a true friend than have 100 friends that are just 
friends when you know when we meet or when we need each other yes i have now a very selfish question okay most of my personal training involves upper body i have a background in competitive archery so for for many years i was a competitive archer and now i just coach archery to to my students at school here in beijing but i also train regularly but i mostly focus on my upper body i do pull-ups push-ups mostly working at the pull-up bar and every time i train with with the school's uh, pe teachers they tell me you only do a few exercises again and again and again and yes you're very good but you lack mm-hmm. other mobility skills you lack maybe lower body strength so mm-hmm. for someone like me who is very confident with his upper body strength what type of exercises do you recommend that i do for lower body strength my recommendation is many people have problems with the knees grab a tree hug a tree go down on the tree and pull a little bit up this will uh, relieve the pressure on the joints and so you can do 50-100-500 as you like and this would help a lot very classical squats Mm. in different positions wide narrow different foot positions this will help very easy all right thank you thank you for the tips i you know i do like practicalities and sometimes i don't want to go to the gym because i like to be outdoors right and i also like functional training (laughs) training in such a way so that it is useful for for the everyday life and here you mentioned the quality of life right and it's i think it's very important to stay physically fit all right so i want to ask you about awareness i think you've mentioned a few things about awareness how can one build awareness through martial arts understand threat understand that there can be situations where you can be in trouble but you'd better not get into these situations i think people misunderstand sometimes martial arts they think we train so that we can go out and fight when actually it's not about going out and fighting yeah it's it's all about observation um i i tell it in this way uh if you have a, a young physically top at his game start he wants to fight and i ask him what is your preparation especially to fight this guy He's, no matter i kill him and this um, mindset doesn't work on a higher mm. level you can go over a weaker guy but not uh, in a, especially in competition uh, they have the same strength speed endurance so you need at least a good observation you must be empathic empathic mm-hmm. this is the english name yeah empathic english yes word? about your opponent it's like a chess game you you give him false informations you all the time look uh, spionage you, you look you are spy where is his weakness 
So you have to very carefully observe uh, this uh, person. And uh, as an answer to your question, I think you have always to be aware of your environment and to observe very good. Also, in my 10 years of teaching very intense women self-defense classes, I said the opposite way. If every man is a potential attacker, uh, there is no more fun in your life. So, so um, it must be in the middle. Be aware when you're outside. Don't act stupid. And on the other side, enjoy a little bit of life. So, so for myself, when I go in another town, around a dark corner. I always have my hand here on this side when I go around the corner, <laughs> but this is only a little, little thing of me. I think always being aware of your environment and understanding that it is important to protect yourself and be smart about it, but also yes. not to become paranoid. And as you said, yes, yes. Be that's, that's, that's what I meant. Yes. Enjoy life, but also yes understand that things can you know get get ugly of course we are human beings we are not perfect we are human beings i think this is the most important thing as a psychologist you're a psychologist i'm a karate trainer it's to understand the human nature young people sportsmen always think about their you know, strengths and body and their you know, instagram maybe uh, but you you pull the knobs very hard on your hormone side, on your mental side. So uh, it's a little bit like you sell your body to the devil. So uh, this is very a deep a deep thing what you are you are doing with your your whole body, not only on the outside. It's very inside in your mind. So be mm. careful what you what you want to achieve. Be careful. Mm. <laughs> I think we covered quite important stuff when it comes to so, yes. the mindset of someone who practices a self-defense martial art. But for the new generation, what would be your pitch to get them into, into the dojo to train? How would you get someone who doesn't want to train that hard, who doesn't want to put that many hours into the training, who doesn't want to get hurt right who doesn't want to be in pain how do we get these youngsters into the dojo what would be your pitch how would you get them in first of all i want to say this is a different time different um different people but it's okay uh, different times different people uh, another approach and at, in the technical or physical side, they are doing really well. I, I tell you a story about uh, one of my policeman friends. I teach police uh, um, since decades. And this, um, these guys are also getting older now. Last year, I visited one of my friends. He's a big guy here in Nuremberg at the police station at the headquarter. And we talked about the young policemen looking very good, very physical, and they are very smart, have a better education. And we talked about, about the mindset. And even if a young policeman is 
very good in the education, uh, finally gets in the special squad. This, my friend said, only if there's a really tough situation, you you know at least has it. Uh, does he has it, mm. or has mm. or he has it not? Yeah. So so the answer is um, a long explanation, short answer. It's in this guy himself. Mm. In the girl, in the guy himself. You can do everything what you want. You can trigger all knobs as a psychologist, as a karate trainer, but if he don't have it, or he have it, he will go up on the L Cup in four hours free solo, for example, if he has yeah. the right mindset. And uh, I think it's it's inside this person. Jürgen, thank you so much for taking the time to have a very interesting chat right here, so far away, Germany and China. But I think we touched on some very important points. And just to summarize, I think I could say that from our discussion, the mindset of a person who's training into a martial art, let's, let's not say karate, the mindset of a person who trains into, in, 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 in martial arts will make, will make that person a better person. Would you agree? Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Minia, it was a great, great pleasure. These are the moments where we live to. These are precious moments. A good talk is the best of all. Yes, thank you. And I'm really curious to know what do you think? Let me know in the comment section below. What martial art do you practice? And why do you practice a martial art? And let's start a conversation about the importance of self-defense, the importance of situational awareness. And if you want to make sure you don't miss the next episode, please subscribe to our channel. Until next time, this is Michnia. Bye.